want to tackle a difficult subject today. Is that okay? And uh, make no apologies for it. And uh, we don't talk about this subject a lot in church because it's uncomfortable. So stay with me. I'm going to start with a question or a story, and then we're going to watch a video, and then we're going to jump into the word. A wealthy businessman called Anthony was looking for a chauffeur. And so he asked this question at the interview. He said, Anthony said to the man, to the man, he said, how close can you drive me by the cliff on the way to work? Isn't that right, Anthony? And the first man says, I can get you six foot from the cliff. The second man said, I can get you three feet from the cliff on the way to work. And the third man said, I'm going to drive you as far away as I can from the cliff. Too many people are driving too close to the cliff edge on what I'm about to talk about. And I want you to watch this video, and then I'm going to tell you the subject matter for this morning. Here we go. Come on, let's give it up for the production team. Haven't they done a fantastic job? All the creatives. We've been doing a series in our church back in England called Guardrails. And we've been using that video to help people understand that we all need guardrails in our lives to stop us going over the edge. And I meet too many teenagers and young adults that are skirting too close to the edge and are falling. I want to talk about purity for the next three and a half hours. You're going to like this. Settle down, Anthony. And so the question I want to start with is, is it possible in the 21st century to live a sexually pure life? Is it possible to live a sexually pure life? But to answer the first question, you have to actually ask the second question. And the second question, I encourage you to take as many notes as you can and go home and digest these later. The second question you've got to ask is this, does God know more about my life than I do? Because if you can answer yes to the second question, you can answer the first question. The first question is, is it possible to live a sexually pure life in this age? But to answer that question, you've got to say, well, does God know more about my life than I do? And I know that majority of people here today are followers of Jesus. And I want to remind you that God knows more about your life than you do yourself. So let's keep both these questions in our thinking as we unpack this session. And to, to live a sexually pure life in the 21st century, you're going to need some guardrails. And the challenge is, is that sex is everywhere. Billboards, TV, social media, magazines. I mean, I went to buy some yogurt the other day. I love yogurt. Okay? But there is a woman in a bikini on the yogurt. I mean, what's that got to do, Sanger, with my low-fat, organic... Gluten-free, blueberry, creamy yogurt. I'll tell you what it's got to do. It's because sex sells. Whether it's a car, whether it's a yogurt, whether it's a pair of shoes, the world has never been so sexualized. We've just come through a, a health pandemic. But let me tell you, the world is going through a porn pandemic. 30% of the world's downloadable data, I'm told now, is pornography. 68% of men worldwide view pornography at least once a week. 68%. 18% of women. 
One in five searches now on Google is for porn. It's a pandemic that we're facing, but the church has gone silent on it. Sexting is now normalized in society. The world is actually becoming numb to this pandemic around us. And society continues to bombard us with sexual innuendos, adverts, marketing. And so we now live with this tension. Are we going to build our lives on what society dictates or what the Bible says? And the enemy is continually lying to us about sex. John 8:44 says he is a liar. In fact, the devil isn't just described as a liar. He's described as the father of lies. So today I want to expose the truth around this subject. And you know, I'd much rather preach a message today that will tickle your ears and get you all on your chairs. But today I believe this can help purify our souls. And it can help us live a life of purity. And God's desire is that we would walk and live. I don't care if you're 14 or 40. God's design for your life is that you will live in purity. Why, what, let me ask you this question. God, why, why should we live in purity? I want to give you three answers to that question before I give you some guardrails. Why, why, why does God want us to live in purity? Number one is this. Purity produces power. Purity produces power. We see in the life of Samson, when Samson lost his purity, the Bible says he lost his power. Judges 16, 19, it says his strength left him. When you lose purity, you lose power in your life. The second thing is purity produces security. It should be a wrap. When you're pure, you're secure. You're not worrying about what might come out. Mark 4.22 says, whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Purity produces power. Purity produces security. Number three, if you take your notes, and I hope you are, because this is key. This is critical. This could help you from going over the edge like that car nearly did. Number three, purity produces blessing in your life. Matthew 5.8 says, blessed are the pure in heart. I love, I love the, the, from the bishop last night, the, the, the blessing at the end when it comes to our giving. But another area to live a blessed life is to live pure. If you live pure, the Bible says, you will live blessed. So as, as a follower of Jesus, guess what? I want to live blessed, I want to live pure, and I want to live with power. Anyone else say, I want to live blessed, and I want to live power? Okay. So David asks this question in Psalm 119, verse 9. It says, how can anyone stay on the path of purity? Great question. I love, I love David's question because he's like a politician. He answers his own question. He doesn't even allow God to speak back to him. He says, by living according to his word. So I want to talk about this morning. Uh, the message is titled, Arise in Purity. Arise in purity. Sexual purity matters to God. I want us to say this out loud. Sexual purity matters to God. That was four of us. Let's all say it. Sexual purity matters to God. Now this, I'm going to preach a sermon that I wish I'd heard when I was 18. 
I wish somebody had taught me what I'm about to teach you at 18 years old because it can save you going over the edge. And all I ever heard when it came to sex in church or youth camp was, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And if you feel like doing it, take a cold shower. Trust me, as a good old Christian boy, I lived a long time in the shower, okay? So don't do it. And if you have done it, this is what they said, repent, repent, repent. And let me tell you, that's not all bad advice, is it, Sanger? For someone who lived in the cold shower. But there's a lot more to understand. Been taking a cold shower. Been told, don't do it. What is God's word? I'm going to give you six guardrails to stay in pure for your life. Six guardrails. Number one is this. This is the first guardrail. You've got to believe, God, I believe sex is a gift from you. Sex is a gift from you. Sex is not something we do. Sex is something we are. God created you and I as sexual beings. Mark 10, 6, 9 says, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife. The two will become one flesh. God created sex from the beginning. He thought it up. God's into sex. God loves sex. God wants you to enjoy sex. Sex is a gift from God between a man and a woman in marriage. However, for some people, their first experience of sex may have been an abusive one. And that's not God's gift for you. God's love is here for you today. Sex is far more than a physical gift. Sex is a spiritual gift. And the enemy has taken what was a gift from heaven and he has distorted it. And he has made it into something which has caused so much heartache in men and women's lives. What was actually meant to be the glue that keeps marriages and relationships together has turned into something that is destroying marriages. Now here's a deal breaker. Sex is a gift between a man and a woman in the covenant of marriage. That's the first guardrail. Second guardrail is is this. God, I accept that I am your child. First of all, I accept that sex is a gift. Secondly, I accept that I am your child. Here's the good news today. Whatever has happened pre-awakening 2022, if you are a believer in Christ, you are pure. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You are a child of God. No matter what my past, no matter what my mistakes, no matter what my baggage, I am pure, I am clean, I am forgiven, I am righteous, I am a new creation, as we talked about last night. I am, I am, I am. And this is the starting point for purity. If you're saying, yeah, John, I've kind of messed up. I've kind of been living impure. I've struggled in this area. And today I want it to be a new day. This is the starting point, knowing who I am and knowing whose I am. It's right believing which leads to right living in your life. You've got to believe who you are. And today I remind you again that you are a child of God. Number three, third guardrail. I love Hyderabad water. I've missed it. I have missed it. Straight from the source. Number three. God, I refuse. God, I refuse to live 
or believe the enemy's lies. The third guardrail, you've got to remember, and I'm going to unpack, I'm going to take a few minutes on this. God, I refuse to believe the enemy's lies. The enemy is lying to this generation when it comes to sex. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him and stand firm in the faith. The, the enemy has whispered five lies to your generation, to the millennials and Gen Z. There are five lies that he's whispered. I'm going I'm I'm to share these lies. Lie number one is this. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. If everybody's doing it, I might just join in. I remember at high school, this girl was interested in me. I mean, she was human. And everybody, everybody was coming in to school and the day, you know, 15, 16, telling all of their sex stories. And I was bullied for being a virgin. I actually got bullied for being a virgin. And the enemy was continually whispering, whispering in my ear, everybody's doing it, why don't you do it? Everybody's sexting. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's looking at porn. Everybody's having an affair. Everybody's doing it, so so can I. Here's the truth. You're not everyone. You've been bought with a price. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You're set apart. You were chosen. You're God's child. Lie number two from the enemy is this. Truth is only relative in the moment. This is a huge lie. Truth is only relative to the moment. If it feels good in the moment, just do it. Of course sex feels good. That's why sex is the most powerful force in the world. The problem with this argument that truth is only relative to the moment is what happens when the feelings wear off. Often we're left with consequences that we regret. Maybe a child that we never planned for. Maybe a disease that we contracted. Maybe it's a feeling of guilt because we didn't keep that child. Trust, truth, sorry, isn't relative to the moment. Truth is eternal. You can't pick and choose truth. God's word is truth. God's word is eternal. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth which leads to life. Now let me share some old-fashioned truth about sex with you. Is that okay? The first thing is this. God knows more about sex than you and I. Second truth when it comes to, to sex is God knows the implications of sex more than you and I. So you have to decide again. We need to come back to those two questions. Does God know more about my life than I do? And if you truly believe that God knows more about your life than you do, you have to trust Him. Chantel and I, she's here. Just stand up, Chantel. Give everyone a wave. She's going to be leading worship this evening. It's going to be awesome. But we were dating at college at Hillsong in 2001. And uh, she, was, she was, and she is, and she'll always be incredibly attractive and beautiful. And I remember it was, it was summer break and everybody went home. And we were living in England and Australia. We didn't have the finances to go home. So we ended up staying in Australia for the summer together. And all the students went home and we're watching a movie late at night, an empty house. And uh, we had to make a really, really tough decision. The tough decision was this, for me to get in the car and drive home. 
Let me tell you, nobody would have known if I'd have stayed over. No one would have seen me. But here's the thing. The consequences of that moment could have been eternal. And I want to speak to all the men for a minute. We've got to make a decision to be brave in the moment. We've got to speak to the moment. We've got to have courage in the moment to drive home. I want to speak to all the girls just for a moment. Girls, if all your boyfriend wants is your legs, your thighs, and your breasts, send him to KFC. You are far more valuable than that. Can you get a witness? Why? Because God can see the consequences of the moment. <laughs> He's loving it. <laughs> Let's go back to my favorite water. Oh, Sanger, you wait till you have some. Really is special. Third lie the enemy whispers. Is, you ready? Sex is just physical. That's a lie from the enemy. The enemy wants to spin you a lie. We can just have as much sex as we want. We can fill our boots. We can watch porn as much as we want. And we can just move on with our lives like nothing will change. But here's the deal. Some of you, you've been in an abusive sexual relationship. And maybe you've been in a relationship where you've been used. Maybe you've been forced to do something that you never desired. Maybe you, you, you feel shame because of some of the things you've viewed and you've seen online. Maybe, you know, I, I've counseled so many young men who are hooked on pornography because they cannot break free from it. Why? Write this down. Sex is not just physical. Sex is spiritual. When we have intimacy... We are forming an invisible spiritual bond with that individual. And if we just treat sex as something physical, we are actually doing ourselves harm. Why is it that our greatest regrets in life almost always are to do with sex? Because sex is far deeper than any of us can realize. The fourth lie that the enemy whispers is this. Test drive the car before you, before you buy it. This is a great metaphor for a Tesla. But not your relationship. Now, can I, can I just say, and I, please take this in the right way. Get your camera out. Here's the deal. We are probably sexually compatible with millions of people around the world. But we are relationally compatible with the one that God's chosen for us. So when you jump in and out of bed and think, I just feel so good, it was like this was meant. Let me tell you, you'd have that feeling with millions of other people. So if we introduce... Sex to our relationships before the right time, which the right time is in marriage, we are building our relationship on the wrong foundation. 
You know, we spend less than 1% of our time in our marriage having sex. Okay, I just want to burst your bubble. If you think you're going to get married and it's going to be like, you know, 99% of your time having sex, life doesn't work like that. Kids have to get to school. Okay, lunch boxes have to be made. I'm sorry if you young people are like, I'm going to have sex and my problems are all going to disappear. Your problems are just going to begin. Is that right, Sanger? Sanger just said 2%. So if we spend less than 1% of our time in marriage having sex, 99% is then based on our relationship. So experience is not essential to marriage, but purity is. Experience is often hurt and pain and baggage and regret. You have the next 50 years of your life to work out how to have sex. Choose, write this down, this is crucial. Choose purity over chemistry. Choose purity over chemistry. You can work on your chemistry as you go. One of the reasons that Chantel and I, we were compatible, is we made a decision not to have sex before marriage. We made a decision that we were going to choose purity in our relationship before chemistry. But John, we just need to move in together we just need to work out whether we're compatible. We'll have separate rooms. You lying. By the way, research shows 70% of couples which move in together before marriage end in divorce. You see, when we get married, a spiritual... How long am I preaching for? Seriously. What time do you want me off here? That clock's lying. When you get married, it's a spiritual covenant. Because when you get married, what you're doing is you are bringing somebody else into the relationship with you. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, a threefold cord is uneasily broken. It might sound really creepy, but you need three people to make your marriage work. The husband and the wife and the Holy Spirit, which is an invisible force, which is a glue, which will keep you strong together. The fifth lie, which the enemy whispers, is this. And it's for, for, for those who want to be married soon. You need to be financially secure before you get married. That's a lie from the enemy. I'd rather go into marriage poor and pure. I'll say that again. I would much rather go into marriage poor and pure. When you find the right one and you have peace in about it and you both know, let me tell you, marriage is not built on money. Marriage is built on trust. And you do not stay poor, as we heard from Bishop last night. God will bless you. As you stay pure, as you keep ending your hand and being a blesser, God will increase your your marriage in that area. Number four, fourth principle, fourth guardrail. God, I commit to purity. What is purity? Purity is simply this. God, I want your way over my way. What is purity? God, your way over my way. I can either choose to desire sex my way or God's way. My way is I set the standard. God's way is he sets the standard. 
Now, if I set the standard, I don't know the outcome. But if God sets the standard, I know the outcome. So if you choose to do sex your way, I cannot guarantee you the outcome. But if you choose to do purity God's way, I can guarantee you the outcome. No regrets, no shame, no pain. If I truly desire purity, like anything else, like that car, it it has boundaries. Imagine playing a game of cricket without boundaries. Oh, we'll just make the rules up. It would be no game. You need rules in sport. You need guardrails in sport so the game can be played fairly. You need guardrails when it comes to purity and sexuality. Guardrails are not sent to punish us, but to keep us safe. The Bible makes it clear that sex is exclusively for a man and a woman in the boundaries of marriage. Solomon gives us a life-saving boundary for purity. He says in Proverbs 4.23, be careful what we think because our thoughts run our lives. We all, we all made a kind of noise when that car was drifting towards the edge. Well, let me tell you, our minds can drift towards the edge frequently. Because temptation doesn't start with the body, it starts in the mind. And the battle for sexual purity is won and lost in the mind. What the eye sees, the mind conceives, and the body will act upon. You've got to make a decision when those impure thoughts come into your mind. You've got to take them into captivity. Romans 12.2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the, the fifth guardrail... The fifth guardrail is this, God, I need your help. God, purity is not a battle you can win on your own. You need help. We all need help in this area. By the way, it doesn't matter if you've been married 20 years, we all need help to stay sexually pure. I want to share something with you today. It's not meant to frighten you. But if you are consistently living a secret sexual lie before marriage or in marriage, I want to say this, exposure is certain. If I keep doing what God's word forbids, exposure is certain. We've seen that over the last few months. Numbers 32, 23. Be sure our sins will catch us out. Nobody is clapping right now. Sin has to come out. So before it's exposed, why don't we ask God for help? I want us all to stand up right now. We're going to ask God for help. I'm going to cut this short. We're going to speak a panel in a minute, and you can throw some questions at this. You're saying, God, I need your help. I want everyone just to close their eyes and... You're saying, God, I need help in this area. I don't want everyone to close their eyes. We're going on the platform. I want no one looking around. Leaders, everyone close their eyes. This is a, a really, really sensitive moment. It's a holy moment. If you're saying today, God, I need help in this. In my marriage, in my relationship, I've been looking at things online, and I know it's hurting me. I realize today that sex is far more than just physical. It's actually spiritual. This is hurting me. It's hurting my future. You're saying, God, I need your help today. This is a guardrail. Say, God, I'm reaching out to you. Just slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Come on, just slip it up. Many of you, I need your help in this area. 
There's no shame. There's no shame today. You've got to make a decision. Lots and lots of people responding to this message. Help is at hand. Help is at hand today. Night and day, God's word is there. He promises a way of escape as well. So Father, right now, you see every hand. You see the hands that are up and you see the hearts that are open. Father, I pray right now that you would help every man, every young man, every young woman, Father God, to live a life which is pure. Even when we live in this sexualized world, you would give them the strength to say no. You'd give them courage to walk away. Father, that they wouldn't trade what's in front of them now for what they want most. Today, they would have a fresh realization of your love towards them. Final guardrail is this. is God, I receive your grace over my shame. Today, you can receive his grace. You're not what you've done. You're who your heavenly Father says you are. Today, God can wash over you with his grace and his love. So, Father, I pray that your grace would just sweep over us again. Over everything that's happened. Over the past, every relationship, every phone number, every text message, Father God. Everything that's taken us away, taken us away like that car towards the edge. I pray today we would realign ourselves. We would come back, Father God. You would be in the driving seat of our lives again. Holy Spirit. just want you to open your eyes. and I want us to take this question away with us. This third question. It's this. It's, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? We can have the attitude, oh, I wish such and such was here to hear this message. Or we can have the attitude of, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this moment? Maybe it is that maybe what the Holy Spirit's saying is you don't have to have your, your Christian life and your secret life. You can just have one life. You can choose. You can't have a secret life and still be good with God. You've got to make a decision which one it is. You've got to choose to live it God's way or your way. Remember, if you live it your way, none of us know what the consequences are. If we live it God's way, there's security, there's safety. And I'm determined to stay on the path. And I believe, as David said, I believe it is possible to live, even in this day and age, a pure life by applying God's word through those six guardrails into our lives. Amen. Amen. I hope you received the word today.